to the toy show today. Very controversial and obviously you all now know who the real boss is in our house. At least I'll tell him that for some part of the year that he's the boss. Anyway, <clears throat> so who said? Anna, you're right. Yet again, I bow to your theology. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is actually the boss. For those of you who are not too sure, like myself. Kids, I love that. That was so good. In fact, I want to say that I think that was nearly better than it was the other night. I mean, you were brilliant the other night, but I thought that was absolutely fabulous. Maybe you're all a wee bit more relaxed. Just not as many people in, not just feeling as much pressure or whatever, but absolutely fantastic. Do you know what, when you're kids, you are such an inspiration to me. You really are. You're a real inspiration. So when I was thinking about what I was going to speak about this morning for a very short time, everyone would be glad, um, but I was just thinking, I wonder what, wonder what I could talk about on Christmas morning. And it was your song that inspired me, so that's why I wanted you to sing. So I've decided, so the other week Anna was inspiring me from a talk, and then on Sunday you all inspired me. So I think that the next time I'm speaking, I'm just going to sneak into Vineyard Kids the week before and get super inspired, and then I can just share it with the rest of you. What do you think? Is that a good idea? I think that's a great idea. There you go. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I keep trying to get back on the volunteer list, but she won't let me. She keeps saying, no, no, we don't want you, Michelle. You're not allowed on. So there you go. So this morning, I want to read from John chapter 1. And I'm going to read from the message. Um, and if you don't mind, I don't have it on PowerPoint. I'm just going to read it. And just if you just want to listen, you can close your eyes, whatever way you find it, you want to listen. But I just want to read from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The true light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent or of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And halfway through reading that, I realized that's not actually the message, that's the NIV. So I apologize <laughs> um, for getting it wrong at the start. Do any of you live near streetlights? How many of you, hands up, how many of you live in the part of town that's near streetlights outside your house? Quite a few of you. So how many of you then don't live near streetlights? You live in complete darkness? Yeah, about 50-50. There we go. We are a rural community after all. There we are. We're a good mix. You see, I have always lived in streetlights, so I've always had streetlights outside my house. So one time we went camping or glamping, 
really wasn't, really wasn't glamping enough even. I've never gone back. Um, but anyway, we went glamping in this yurt thing. And we were outside Sligo. And it was, honestly, I have never been anywhere so dark in my life. I don't mean spiritually dark. I just mean dark. I mean, it was, at nighttime, I couldn't sleep with no, and there was only candles, right? So with all the health and safety conscious people in the room, like we were in this completely flammable thing called the yurt. And the only way we could, like the only way I could sleep all night was with a candle burning. But then I couldn't sleep because I was afraid we were all going to burn to death. So really I didn't sleep. It wasn't a great holiday, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but I never experienced dark like it. It was so dark. Because then I realized that we just live with a lot of residual light around us, don't we? Apparently one of the darkest places in Ireland, do you know where it is? It's up at the stone circles in, up in the Spurrens somewhere. Apparently that's one of the best night skies, dark, dark night skies if you want to see stars. Just throwing that in there for free and if you want to go and, and visit that. So very often I would sleep with the light on. Anyone else want to admit to sleeping with the light on? Adults, yeah, there you go. Just my son, I've obviously passed it on to him. Um, anyone else? No one else wants to admit sleeping with the light on. But for a long time I used to sleep with the light on and I used to blame the kids and say, oh Jason, just keep the light on the hall. Because the kids, in case they get up during the night and they need to be light on, whatever. But really it was for me. Because I just always liked, liked to know that when I opened my eyes, there was light. And then I discovered this. I discovered that actually I could sleep better. And in fairness to poor Jason, he'd been trying to tell me this for a very long time, that actually you sleep better in the dark. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm now really drove him mad because I've even started wearing an eye mask now that I've realized this revelation. <laughs> Because even the, the house with no lights on is not dark enough for me. I need an eye mask. Just for a moment, I want you to close your eyes. All the wee children, you can close your eyes too. Close your eyes for me. Right? Good man. Put your hands over your eyes. See, even with our eyes closed, with our hands over our eyes, there's still light, isn't there? Oh, yeah, we've got special effect. We even turned off the lights out here. Now open your eyes again. And as soon as we open our eyes, and even though we try to make it as dark as possible, the light instantly floods back in again, doesn't it? As soon as we open up our eyes. And I've learned a little nugget of science recently. Loads of you probably already know this already, but did you know that there's not an actual scientific measure of darkness? Did you know that? That there's only, the only way that they can measure darkness is by the absence of light or in relation to how much light there actually is, because there's not actually a measure of darkness, because darkness in itself is just purely the absence of light. So where there's no light, and I forget what they call it. Well, I looked it up, but I wasn't sure I could pronounce it properly, and I was afraid there might be some scientists in the room who would keep me right or check me up on it. So anyway, but this is this way of measuring. You can't actually measure dark. You can only measure light, and I love that. And I love how John begins his gospel account of Jesus. So he begins telling, this is John, he sits down to write his account of the life of Jesus, and he begins really with harking back to the creation story. See, I love to think that right back at the very beginning, we, us, like Jason said, we're the reason we were in the heart of God. That even before this entire universe was created, before the word was spoken and Jesus was the word and before his voice rang out throughout, um, it wasn't even a universe then, when his voice rang out, all of this came into being. 
all of us come into being. Molecules. I'm going to stop. My science isn't great. GCSEs as far as I got. Whatever. But all those things all come into place. The macro and the micro, you know, the massiveness, when you see the massiveness of the universe, and they just seem to be keeping discovering more and more and more of the universe, don't they? It just seems to be this, this vast, vast thing, place that God has created that we're a part of. And then at the same time, if you ever look at the human body and go right down into the microness of that, into our cells and what actually makes us up and what makes up this whole amazing planet and world that we live in, we see that this is, this is the universe that Jesus, the Word, spoke into being. And I love that John takes us right back there again. Right back into what was a dark place, a place without void, without any form. And the Word spoke into it and light came. And life came. And we're reminded of that in this moment that when Jesus came, then it's this, this, this voice, this Word became flesh that word and that voice that created all of this took on flesh and stepped onto this planet. Wow. That he would come and the light would actually come, that the light would come and dwell amongst us. No longer is Jesus in the heavenlies. No longer is, 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 is God contained or are part of this, this overarching part of the world and looking down and, and, and almost being part of us but from afar off, but he moved in. And that's what my translation I meant to read in, in the message talks about that. He moved in. Jesus came as the light of the world and he moved into the neighborhood. Like your ringtone, Ash. <laughs> and when Jesus stepped onto this planet... When he set foot on this planet, nothing would ever be the same again. The light has come. It's until that moment, darkness prevailed. Until that moment, darkness prevailed. When sin entered the world, darkness prevailed. But when Jesus came, he brought the light. And he spoke of himself like this, John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Who wants to never walk in darkness? Me. I don't want to walk in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. And this Christmas, I want us to look for his light in our lives and in the world all around us. And what does Jesus like life light? Oh my goodness, there's too many L's. What does Jesus light look like? Well, I think Jesus like life, oh my goodness, light looks like hope in the middle of difficult things. As Jason prayed this morning, some of you have, have had a tough, tough, difficult year, and that's always the case of us as a church family, isn't it? We journey together, we walk through the hard things, we celebrate together, we, we cheer each other on, but we also carry each other through the hard stuff. And Jesus' light looks like hope that you can hold on to even in the midst of difficult things. It looks like peace in the middle of anxiety. When we're in our most anxious, worried place, it looks like the peace of God breaking in and just being that assurance to us right in the middle of our circumstance. His light looks like comfort in the middle of grief. His light looks like anything 
that pushes back darkness of this world. That is light. Kindness is light. Kindness, love, gentleness, grace, patience. Those are the light of Jesus shining through everywhere we see it. Justice. For me, when I think of justice, I think of this massive big floodlight shining the light of Jesus in the circumstances in people's lives. Broken hearts are mended. Solutions are found. His light is everywhere. But sometimes we can feel like we can only see darkness. Look for the light. Look for his light. This Christmas all around you, would you look for his light? As each of the OFC hampers were put together and went out, I couldn't help but think that they were like a, a torch or a lantern that were going into people's homes. A lantern of the light and the love of Jesus. People who maybe feel that they are living in dark places and dark circumstances. And yet this blue Ikea bag, not very shiny, not very sexy, not very fancy on the outside, lands at their home and they know that they're not forgotten. They know that somebody loves them. They know that God would even remember them, that he would know their circumstances. Those hampers are like lanterns. 426 lanterns given out in our community. Will you look for Jesus' light? And when you see it, what will your reaction be? The Magi, the wise men, what led them to Jesus? Any children know, what was it that led the wise men to Jesus or the Magi? The star. And what is the star? It's light, isn't it? Really bright light. It says it was a bright, bright star in the sky. And that was what followed them to Jesus. There's no accident in that. There's no coincidence coincidence in that at all. When the shepherds who we talked about in the first week of Advent in Luke 2, says the glory of the Lord lit up the whole sky. Again, it was light that was leading them to Jesus. It was pointing the way and saying, come, the King has come. The Messiah is here. And what was their response? Well, it says, first of all, they were afraid, and fair enough. I think it's fair enough that they were afraid. If an angel appeared to me, as I said before, in the middle of a field, in the night, I think my reaction might too be fear. But it says that they went straight away, and they went to look for Jesus. And then it says they found him. And then it goes on to say that they went back to where they were, where before they returned, and they glorified and praised God for all the things they had heard and seen. Their response was to seek out the light, and then when they found him, they told everyone about him, and they worshipped him. The same with the Magi when they found Jesus. They worshipped him, they bowed down, and they worshipped this tiny king. So what will you do when you find the light of Jesus? Not just this Christmas, but what will you do? Will you worship him? Will you become carriers of his light like the shepherds spreading the news that Jesus has come? That the long-awaited for Messiah has arrived? Jesus, when he was, um, grew up and he was a man and he had started his ministry, he told his disciples and those following him that they were the light of the world. I used to read that and I used to think, surely Jesus is talking about himself. But actually he said, no, you are the light of the world. And when we give our lives to Jesus and we follow him, he gives us his light. It's like he's handing us a lantern and he's saying, here you go. In fact, it's more than that. He puts the light of who he is inside of us. 
And we get to turn up the light in the world so the darkness is pushed back because Jesus is within us. I want to finish with this passage. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. There's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Light bearers. He makes us light bearers that we would bear his light. This Christmas, what are we going to do? Well, first of all, we're going to look for his light. Even in the darkest corners of your life, I want you to look for his life, light and I want you to invite Jesus into those spaces and places. And when you find him, worship him. And second thing, remember as followers of Jesus, you are the light of the world now as well. Yet yes, this baby Jesus, the light came, but we get to be the light of the world. And just like he doesn't want to hide us under a bucket, don't hide yourself under a bucket. I love that translation. Don't put yourself under a bucket. Don't hide. Don't hide your light. Because there's those who are in darkness that need to see your light and see Jesus and know that this baby Jesus that came, came for them. Even today, 2,000 years later, they need to know that this is a personal invitation and that the light has come.